Chris, what what do you want to talk about on today's podcast? I have some ideas written down here. Oh, uh, hold on. Chris, uh, what's your middle name? Uh, what? I, I, well, I'm updating my bank security questions, and uh, they want to know the middle name of my best friend. So I just want to get that in there real quick. What? His, uh, Ryan, his middle name is Alan? Uh, Chris's how, middle name is Alan? How do you know his middle... Oh, I see. I see what's going on here. Okay. Well, you should have told me you were trying to trigger me. I've been to or, places in Indiana that were, like, authentic, and I thought they it, were good, too. Was it an actual, like, Mexican place, or was it a Canadian place making Mexican food? A Tim Hortons? Uh-huh. All right, so... Moving on. I'm thinking about this. Hang on. <laughs> I, I like your your the the suspense there. It was really theatrical. <laughs> the the idea here is that this podcast isn't supposed to have transitions. <laughs> <laughs> Who fell? (laughs) What's Ryan doing? (laughs) I don't know. When you said she wanted to show you her CKs, but it was her Charlie Kirk underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have to leave it in. I actually What's wa- a bus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because busing worked out so well in the US. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. You are currently listening to the unofficial official podcast of the Substandard Expanded Universe. You can find us on Twitter as well as several other social media platforms where we provide a wide range of garbage opinions on film, TV and pop culture. I am Thomas, your host of Uncertain Nationality, and as usual, I am not alone. Chris and Ryan are joining me in the studio today. Howdy, fellas. How are you? Howdy. Uh, am, Am I not allowed? I don't know. What? I, I don't know. I, I was waiting for you to actually put some effort into that interaction, but I guess you're just going to say our names and call it good. Not yeah. even individually. He didn't even ask <laughs> us individually how we were doing. He's just collectively. Um, also joining us from the Garden State, high school classmate of Snooky, about eight feet tall, <laughs> it is our own Italian stallion, Steven. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, guys. <laughs> Question, question, do they do they make Halloween costumes in your size? <laughs> yeah, if I want to be uh, Wilt Chamberlain or uh, John you do from, blackface? Uh, James Bond. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I actually saw, I saw a tweet today to, to some sort of news story where Megyn Kelly was apparently surprised to learn that blackface is racist. But was Seriously? it blackface or was it kids wearing Halloween costumes of like black characters i'm not sure See, the problem is i only read that's, the headline that's racist <laughs> well i don't know yeah, i just saw she apologized and 
I think is it problematic for my kid that. to wear a Black Panther costume? Black... <laughs> what, what kind of Black Panther? With the with the full mask on. Yeah. <laughs> the the superhero. If you wear a full Black Panther costume, you you can't tell the skin color underneath, can you? But that's that's my point. Is that problematic? I, I didn't think so. Pretty sure but one of my pr- kids have done that. Not Black Panther, but some like African American character. I'm pretty sure. At How some many point kids they have. do you have that you're not sure which one did this? <laughs> it's just four children. It's not. I mean, four children times however many Halloweens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that math. <laughs> I, I was Darth Maul in uh, first grade, I want to say. So I was culturally appropriating Zabrak culture. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be problematic today. <laughs> Steven, true or false, um, you once were Jar Jar Binks for Halloween. Mm-hmm. False. Okay. I was checking for the, the cool Twice. Character. He was twice Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> you kept doing the voice the whole pre-show. <laughs> So, in addition to Stephen joining us from New Jersey, we also have a second guest on today's show. You have heard him mentioned on the show several times in the past. He is our own attorney, born and raised on Long Island, lover of deep dish pizza and Jim Beam. Rick, welcome to the show. <laughs> None of this is untrue. <laughs> you're not a lawyer? No. no or you're not from true. Long Island? It's all true. Oh, it's, it's all, all true. true. I, said, I think you said it's untrue. untrue. My, my mistake. I'm sorry for using big words, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Rick, do, do you actually like deep dish pizza? Well, it's a casserole, but it's tasty. A casserole? Yeah, it's a casserole, but it's a tasty casserole. Oh. Yeah. Also, I, I have a question for you guys since Thomas has brought it up. Of all the attorneys in Megathread, I am very honored that you have chosen me the by far least competent of them all <laughs> to represent you. Yeah, but the others are women. It's a good thing we're not actually famous. <laughs> well, uh, we would be... Much more gracious uh, if you would actually get us that that podcast deal. Well, if in in legal terms, they have been sending these words that you know most people think of as cease and desist, but it's actually Italian for Cesare e deciste, uh, which means that we are willing to talk further. This is what I'm talking about. Yes, <laughs> this is an attorney. Um, Rick, one thing, you keep sending mail to the wrong person. None of us are named Bill, so I, I don't know who you're trying to mail that to, but it's not us. <laughs> well, it's, but the bill has, has numbers in it, right? Uh, I don't look at it. It's, <laughs> that's Thomas's department. Well, that, that's why. They're, they're in Scandinavian. They have different numbers, too? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. So, we had, uh, some, uh, Breaking news making its way around Twitter earlier today. Um, did uh, you guys see that Disney is in talks with Reth Reese and Paul Wernick, who wrote the Deadpool films, to reboot the Pirates franchise? They're apparently keeping Bruckheimer as a producer, but it is unclear on whether they will also keep Johnny Depp around. So, uh, Stephen, as our resident Pirates expert, uh, <laughs> what's your reaction and your take on this? Well, 
as you say, I'm the resident pirates expert. I I enjoyed all of the pirates movies. All, all the of fifth, the pirates movies. All every of them. single one. But the fifth one was definitely not good. Wait, there were five. <laughs> there were five. <laughs> Can you name the first all of one them? Is the only one that is really good. All the others are okay to bad. I Thomas raises <laughs> Thomas raises a great question. Can you name them all? Yeah, Let, yeah let's hear have, it right now. <laughs> you have Curse of the Black Pearl, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, On Stranger Tides, and Dead Men Tell No Tales. That's amazing! Wow. And the Wait, fifth I'm one amazed. is really bad. Which one um, features Ian McShane? The fourth. Okay. Uh, Stranger Tides. Ian McShane is amazing, but he's amazing he, in everything. I love him. He's only in one. Yeah. Why do I feel like he was in all of them? Because that's how. <laughs> you didn't watch them. <laughs> that's how. Oh yeah. He is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this that... is what we mean when we say he is the resident expert. He can name them all, which in itself is amazing. Can so you, go go on. Can you count them? <laughs> one, two, three, four. Five. You're welcome, Flag. <laughs> Five pirates movies. <laughs> um, wait, wait, so did did the last one, the whatever the hell it's called, did it did it perform poorly at the box office? I think it made its money back. I don't I don't have the exact numbers. Um, it it definitely didn't. I remember crash thinking and burn. it. Yeah, I remember thinking it didn't do as bad as it should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not I the just, best metric, though. <laughs> You could just tell Johnny Depp is he's clearly just going through the motions because he needs that paycheck to pay for his $30,000 a month wine habit. I think the ending, I, I don't remember at this point, this was, came out a year ago. Uh, I know they brought back Kira Knightley and um, Orlando Bloom and cameos because they had they been wanted missing to, from some of them. They weren't in the fourth one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So um, the fourth one just followed Jack Sparrow and Barbosa, and everyone else was gone. And then they brought back Orlando Bloom because I guess he's Davy. He's the new Davy Jones, and like his time on Under the Water has come because it's ten years later, and so he's able to return to land. Right. Uh, Kira Knightley right, up yeah, we've already heard way, way more. That all, that, all <laughs> make, that all makes let, sense. Let me interrupt here. I have actually real numbers <laughs> from from the Wikipedia. Um, the uh, the film grossed $794 million worldwide, um, which, again, worldwide isn't great, um, because especially when the estimated budget of production was between 230 and $320 million, wow. which is astonishingly expensive. That um, is. It certainly doesn't look like $400 million. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the second lowest grossing installment of the You'd series. I think with this being the fifth one, they could stream that, streamline that a little bit. To well, yeah, yeah, but two hundred, two hundred of those millions go to Johnny Depp. No, yeah, hundred million. No, I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> how much. I'm not sure how much he actually gets, but it, it, it's probably a lot. Yeah, yeah, like fifty million probably. He probably spent it all too. Did any of you read? I think it was in Rolling Stone. Uh, one of the reporters was kind of embedded <laughs> with him for a weekend, and it was like being in a war zone. <laughs> <laughs> Go do, on. Do you remember any details? No, I all I remember he he apparently spends thirty thousand dollars a month on wine, yeah. Yeah. and the reporter was amazed, but he was kind of just so caught up in <laughs> the partying <laughs> that like he didn't bat if, an eye. If I won this lottery, I I could easily do that. <laughs> Steven, Steven, could you yes. give us the recipe for a good 
Pirates film. So, for the reboot, what uh, what do they need to do to have success? You get uh, Jeffrey Rush back to play Barbosa because I think he's the only character that really <laughs> gets me excited. <laughs> Whatever the next movie is, you cut it by about a half hour, so it's under two hours. Jeffrey Rush always gets me excited. <laughs> <laughs> do do I you? Mean, I could do without Johnny Depp, honestly. <laughs> so you don't think he's necessary? If they want to do a spinoff or a reboot, I don't think so because he's he's the same damn character in in every single movie. Four and five, they used kind of no name actors to fill in the Orlando Bloom and Karen Knightley roles, and I don't even remember what they look like. I don't, I don't remember what their names are. It, it was they're really just Johnny Depp vehicles, and I don't know. I think it's kind of exhausted itself. Anyway, Thomas, I, I have some questions for you. Can, can can we move to questions for Thomas segment? I don't think... Okay, yeah, that, that can be a thing. Are, are you familiar with the pastry that we call a Danish? Yes. What do you call a Danish in your homeland of Denmark? In my homeland of Sweden, we call it Wienerbröd. Wienerbröd? <laughs> what's, what's, uh, what's the literal translation for Wienerbröd? Vienna bread. Is it Danish? Yes. That's messed up. <laughs> so, so, do you do you like Danish, like as a pastry? Like, do you like them? Not really. It's not very good. What do? You, which ones have you had? It's just not a good pastry. Guys, am I crazy here? Are Danish <laughs> are Danish pastries good? They're they're all right. Like all the right. ones from Denmark. I I guess they're tasty. Like the ones you get at at like a bakery. Yeah. Like, are you talking about pastries with cheese or like things actually from Denmark? <laughs> are, you, are you not familiar with what a Danish is? I, I'm half certain. So you can get a Danish with like cherry filling or cheese or cranberry. What makes this different than like a, a jelly donut? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Thomas. Defend your home country. I, like, why is a Danish so special when it's just a basic pastry? Well, so they do look. They do look slightly different in Sweden, and they usually they're usually filled with vanilla. And they're delicious. Like, I, I don't understand what the problem is. Is it like a mini cake? What is it a pie? Have you never seen a Danish? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought I had, but never, like this vanilla thing is... Sounds an awful lot like they're trying to take credit for a donut to me. <laughs> a like stuffed donut, yes. It doesn't look anything like a donut. <laughs> so it's a pastry with a filling that's sweet and maybe a topping too sounds right? like a donut <laughs> it sounds like a donut <laughs> it walks like a duck we're we're moving on um, okay all right all right all right so I, i'm not done with my questions though oh god um what's the deal with dancing queen i don't need you to defend it just explain it what is there to explain? Have have you not seen the lyrics or listened to why, it? Why why has this song have staying power in the culture? <laughs> because there are people turning seventeen every year. How how about that? So that's all you need is a little bit of counting in your song, and <laughs> you have a hit. I mean this 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 is true for both songs and podcasts. Well, <laughs> Chris, this is true because five hundred miles is is one of the greatest hits. <laughs> Um, summer of 69, <laughs> Route 66. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Friday night and the lights are low, so it's about football also. I don't understand what this sport is. Friday night lights. 
I was pretending to be Thomas there. I know what football is. <laughs> <laughs> I know what football is. So I, I just looked it up. So uh, Football? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dancing Queen did hit number one on the Billboard 100 uh, when it was released. In what year? 76, 77, something like that. But it's still, it's still a thing. Two years then. Huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm, do you only listen to songs that are two years old? I, I, I don't know. Do you I, not? Do see, you I guess not, I should just embrace well, the counting and be good with it. Do you not listen As, to Africa by Toto anymore? Oh, sure. Weezer just covered it, so. See, Which when is I, only with the time. As a garbage millennial, I remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was some Swedish cover band that sang all of ABBA's stuff. ABBA teens. Or or 18s. 18s, yeah. So that's how I knew the song when I was like six. I I have a couple questions here. First is, aren't we all garbage millennials? Ah! Yeah. Yeah, but I... I think I'm the oldest. Chris? The youngest. (laughs) Okay, so I'm extra garbage. I, I'm on I'm on the edge, and I, I I think I'm still counted as a millennial because I had Windows ninety five when I grew up. Do you know what makes Rick and Ryan and me garbage millennials? It's that um, we think that we're so special that we demand our own sub generation <laughs> that we don't fit into the special snowflake uh, millennial generation that we grew up without you know technology. We were not technology natives. I, uh, we didn't get our cell phones until maybe high school or college. Yeah, you. We you, didn't get smartphones until much yeah. later. I'm going to interject here, Chris, because I, I really thought that I was garbage millennial because I really appreciated late '90s teen pop music, <laughs> like Genie like you Power. had you had Baby One More Time the CD. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I wanted to defend millennials, actually, because there was a recent survey released uh, about how different generations view uh, pumpkin spice, uh, the flavor. The generation that most approves and say that they either like or love pumpkin spice are boomers by 40%, millennials 30%, Gen X 26%, and the silent generation is uh, almost up there with boomers at 39%. (laughs) And we all know that pumpkin spice is garbage, so... So it's not us. No, no, it's the... The boomers, we know the and boomers are the worst. No one I, denies that. I, I have a I have the positive theory. Thomas, how was how much was the millennial generation? Thirty percent. So I am gonna go out on a limb right now and say that a hundred percent of males in the millennial generation don't like this, which actually puts that about what, like forty percent of females? Oh I don't know. That's that's a lot of complicated math. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we do we do counting. We we don't Count do advanced them. math. Count them. No, we don't <laughs> Um, I can't, I can't, I was an English manager, I can't add. (laughs) Okay, Uh, moving on from the generational wars, um, we also thought that we would return to a topic that we discussed a few weeks ago and talk a little bit about dating apps. So, uh, I am not the only one on this podcast who have uh, tried these marvelous applications, but I understand that, Stephen, you are also on these dating apps right now? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> how, how would you describe your experience? Well, I originally described my experience on Twitter as Harry Potter staring at the mirror of Erised, just <laughs> mindlessly staring. <laughs> Read another goddamn book. 
<laughs> that is, that is the most I'm a millennial <laughs> reference ever. The amount of hours I've spent swiping, and I, I've tried a whole bunch of, of dating apps. So I, I downloaded Bumble, Tinder, Zoosk, which you, you have to pay Hinge? for. What? Hinge. Yeah, Hinge. Clover is another one. I've not heard uh, of that one. <laughs> Can I suggest another one you try? Sure. Sil- Silver Singles. <laughs> I, i've See, heard I, of this one it's called craigslist <laughs> i eventually have to work my way up to catholic match but that's not an app and anything that's not an app makes me like how do you swipe <laughs> right i've basically been using bumble i've matched with a few people but it's i generally just spend my time swiping left and right and kind of laughing at the different bios of the young ladies. Question, question. So in your own bio, uh, because I've noticed that this is a thing, so in your own bio, have you put that you are eight feet tall? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've put six foot zero inches, which is a lie because I'm actually five foot eleven and three fourths. No, that's that's a lie. <laughs> I, I don't believe you for a second. You, you're, you're not an inch under eight feet at that time. <laughs> anyway, just some trends I've noticed on all these bios. It, it's like young women in Manhattan. They're all one. It's like they're legion. They all. <laughs> say no hookups swipe left and it's like okay i'm not looking for a hookup but like no matter what they look like it's always no hookups <laughs> <laughs> they all love the office like there's no other show that they like it's always well, i'm marathoning yeah. the office i want my gym to my pam uh, i've seen a lot i of gotta that. watch the office even even so they're engaged to somebody and they they're... want you to break up their engagement <laughs> yeah. um i've gotten a lot of height demands where it's if you're not over six feet, swipe left. That's why you lie about your height. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's that no, was true one. It's it's one. really yeah. common. Uh, or or um, some some of them will put if you're not taller than me, swipe left or something like that. And then my my absolute favorite because it just blows my mind. It's like you live in Manhattan, like find this on your own. There, the, the amount of women that have written trying to find the best taco in New York, trying to find <laughs> the best burger in New York. <laughs> <laughs> on the on a quest to find the best ice cream in New York, it's like, well, freaking find it. <laughs> Why just to find two of of the My. seven things I want to share with potential mates? <laughs> this is one of them. Didn't like Nate Silver write a whole series of articles about finding the best taco in where did he live? But they're tacos. They all taste pretty much the same. They're either good or they're bad. No, it's it's called a lunch burrito. <laughs> <laughs> or What's trying to find the best burrito? pizza in Manhattan. It's like, well, they're on every street corner. Uh, <laughs> Why do you need me to help you do that? Steven, I, I've got a question. How many of them also have their Myers-Briggs on there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not as much as the pizza and tacos, but... Oh. Zodiac signs? I've, I've definitely seen an, enough. That, that was a big thing around D.C. What are they Every wanting you to do with the pizza and taco information? <laughs> I guess go on pizza dates, which, I mean, <laughs> I think is normal, but it it's like, see, so, I'm... I'm, Wait, I I, have, I eat I everything, so I don't really care if if the food is like a six out of ten or a ten out of ten. Like I I really Steven, don't are, care. Are they looking for actual dates or just 
for the best pizza and burgers. <laughs> no, that I, you're you are probably right. To an end. <laughs> so, Stephen, have you helped anyone find the best burger in New York? <laughs> like, I can't afford to find the best pizza or taco on my own. So, please, someone come and pay for it. <laughs> no, I, I've gone on a few coffee dates, but never for pizza or burgers. Okay. Um, well, you should go people, out with someone like that. And, and, like, not order a burger. Like, order, like, a chicken sandwich. Right. Yeah. Tell them, I know where the best pizza place is. And then just get, like, you know, salad. <laughs> so take this, this place is the best taco. Um, this I'll place has the sandwich. best pie. And order an actual pie instead of pizza. <laughs> So uh, I sacrificed myself and did some research on these dating apps last night uh, because I knew that we were going to talk about it. Uh, And so I have a few bios that I would like to read. So the first one here is, I will carve our initials into a tree because it's the most romantic way of letting you know that I have a knife. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I took a dark turn. (laughs) If you enjoy... Long romantic walks through Menards, I'm your girl. If you voted for Trump, go away. And then literally the next sentence is, please be able to have a conversation about politics. (laughs) As long as we agree about everything. A conversation. As long as you agree with everything I say. Yeah, the same person also had farther down in her bio, it said, not interested in parents, soldiers, police officers, or Trump supporters. Parents? (laughs) <laughs> yep what like else she hates her parents or is this like she doesn't want more children <laughs> I, I assume she doesn't want to date anyone who has children did you say police officers yes wow because you know those are scum right soldiers said soldiers too right? soldiers yeah. <laughs> wow but oh but, hey, but she probably has a thing for firemen though right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i've come across one MAGA fan out of probably thousands. (laughs) I've come across a lot of if you voted for Trump, swipe left, or if you're a Trump supporter, swipe left. And it's like, well, not really a Trump supporter, but also probably not your type. Was the MAGA girl that Kent State girl? (laughs) I saw that she was in New York recently. It might have been. (laughs) Are you stalking Bumble people? (laughs) (laughs) I I have one more bio. I am that bisexual, vegan, feminist, atheist your mother warned you about. I fucking knew it, Thomas. I knew you were. (laughs) Non-binary, parentheses, they slash them. So I actually actually have a ranking of dating apps uh, based on my experiences and impressions. So number, uh, number five, Happen. Happen works in a way where if you cross each other's path, within, I don't know, 100 feet or something like that, you will show up on each other's apps. Um, it, it will... Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> so that... it's tracking your location and telling you when there are people near you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so when, you're, when you have crossed paths with someone, it shows up in the app. Ooh, I've seen I, ads I, for it. I don't like the sound of that at all. So I get the, the general idea is like at a bar... Instead of talking to a person, you look at your phone and hope they're there? Yeah, well, maybe. Or if you happen to work in the same office building as someone. No, no, it, it then will... it gets to stalking. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it encourages encourages people to follow each other around and not and be antisocial, not talk to each other, but stare at their phones and see if the person responds that way. That's that sounds awful. Uh, so so that's number five. I think it works better in in larger cities than it does here. Number four, Tinder. Number three, coffee meets bagel, which is sort of designed for women, where uh, the, the, the men on the app do not have as many choices as the women do, and they get to pick their uh, bagels, uh, as, as they call them. Uh, number two, Hinge, which Stephen mentioned earlier. Uh, Hinge is... Hinge? Hinge. It's, it's different from, say, Tinder, because on Hinge you get to actually enter information about yourself in a little bit more in detail, and you get to answer well, various like questions. Like how you can Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Hinge, you, you can basically either like the person in general or one of their pictures or something they've said. The app actually lets you know, like, oh, this person has liked you, so you can either say yes or no. So you're saying they, they lubricate the Hinge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and number one, uh, Bumble, which is the one that I have had the most success with so far. The most success. Again, the most what with? The the difference between so Bumble is a lot like Tinder with the difference that on Bumble the women have to message you first. Stephen, does this ranking sound appropriate to you? Is there anything you want to add? Uh, no. I I've tried OkCupid. That was one of the ones I, I forgot to mention before, but that it's it's very in depth. Like you can answer questions and you can write basically paragraphs about yourself. And I don't <laughs> Which know. I sure people with, love to read. <laughs> I've matched with people on that, but I have yet to actually talk to somebody on it because it, it, I don't know. It I, I like Bumble because I like if I match with somebody and they're interested, they'll actually say hi, and then it's like, oh okay. As Shark will tell you, the optimal strategy for guys is to always swipe right. And I assume message everyone that you match with. So that probably makes you, Tinder a bit overwhelming if you are female. Yeah, Wait. you guys saw the um, a season. Sorry, uh, Master of None. Any guys watch that? I watched the first season. I want to say I watched the whole first season. I definitely I think, watched most of it. I, I think in the second season there's an episode based on that where like he sends the same message to every girl he matches with, and it's oh, like really? something kind of cute and funny that like. I mean, it's a swing and a miss maybe two-thirds of the time, but, you know, you match a dozen times a day in New York City. I think well, that, in the line was something stupid like, hey, I'm at Whole five. Foods. You want me to pick up anything for you? <laughs> that line. And, five like, a third of the chicks were like, times. that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, and, we're like, let's talk. That was enough to break the ice. Which, again, I can't emphasize this enough. All of this sounds so awful. <laughs> Just Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean... Neither of you had eBay in your rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to use eBay for <laughs> Is that if you want to quote unquote date Russians? <laughs> can I can I circle back for a bit on my dating app right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was on all those dating apps and they all were terrible and they sucked. And then because <laughs> I was on Instagram. And a woman I used to work with about a year ago reached out to me through Instagram. That worked. So you should just be on Instagram and post good pictures is the actual moral story. Speaking of Instagram, 
Steven, I believe that you had a movie quote that you wanted to share with us. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, let me pull it up. Uh, I, have to, I have to read it. Who killed Lee Daniels, the butler, in the study with the candlestick? <laughs> that, of course, <laughs> is the 1985 <laughs> Tim Curry comedy clue. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Steven. <laughs> Did... Uh, did anyone, did anyone else have a movie quote this week? Yeah, I just thought of one. <laughs> okay, Ryan. What do you mean just thought of one? Are these not real quotes? <laughs> it's the elephant, man. You know it's the elephant, man. The elephant has the longest memory of any mammal, man. And that was Anthony Hopkins, the elephant man. <laughs> I got one. I got one. You know what, guys? I fucking hate underwear, so I'm going commando. <laughs> and that was Sylvester Sloan commando. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in commando. <laughs> Way to ruin the fucking joke, <laughs> That was a twist. No. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone as Arnold Schwarzenegger in commando. <laughs> And that was Sylvester Stallone as Arnold Schwarzenegger in <laughs> I think I'm actually crying. I am. I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Rick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to be up all night editing this. <laughs> Hey guys, why did Thomas fail his dissertation? <laughs> yeah, it's not like you have anything important to do this week. After those lovely movie quotes, uh, I believe that we want to um, provide our own correction to last week's substandard. So, um, Ryan, yeah, JVL gave his ranking of uh, NASA NASA movies. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking it's, it's not. It's NASA. Don't 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 listen to him. No, it's NASA. Everybody it's NASA. Anyway, I, I believe that you had some disagreements with this ranking. Yeah, I he didn't even rank some of my favorite. All right. Films. So could you could you give us a ranking of your favorite space movies? Uh, these are my favorite, the space films, Billionaire Boys Clubs, uh-huh. Baby Driver, yeah, Consenting Adults, although he wasn't really, he didn't like that one. That's a good one. The Organ Grinder's Monkey, uh, he was also in House of Cards, which was very good. Yep. What about LA yeah. Confidential? Yeah, the space was really good in LA Confidential. Yeah. Uh, um, usual, the Usual Suspects. Uh-huh. The, the space kills it in usual. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that JVL missed these movies. I, I can't either. Especially Billionaire Boys Club. <laughs> yeah, J, JVL's ranking was really lacking. This week, uh, we are currently in the final stages of Jason's trash movie bracket. It's, it's a bracket containing films from the past 18 years, so the 21st century. And we thought that we would not necessarily 
give you the movies that we think are the best movies, but that we would each provide you with a couple of movies that we think that everyone should should actually watch for various reasons. Chris, would you like to begin and kick us off? Absolutely. Um, and because I'm going first, I get to set the uh, set the stage by uh, setting the rules. I want to give some honorable mentions as well. Don't cut my mic again, Thomas. <laughs> so last week we discussed the Ryan Gosling films, The Nice Guys and, and Blade Runner 2049. Those are really honestly... Um, my honorable mention, because these are movies, not necessarily the best two movies. W- what we talked about was listing movies that like we would really, really recommend. Say, you need to watch. These These are movies that you may have missed. Um, and just kind of interesting, different movies. And uh, so those are definitely honorable mention. I want to also throw out to to uh, John Wick. Uh, it's just a very interesting action uh, film. Of course, I want to throw out uh, Slum, Slumdog Millionaire. Again, very interesting and different movie. Um, it's one of those that was so overhyped that I thought I'd hate it, and actually it was so good that I really liked it. I, and, of course, I can't – you what, what, Ryan? No, no, it was it not was me. Rick? I, I, I hate it because it was overhyped and it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was good enough to, to actually survive the hype. And, uh, of course, I have to – give honorable mention to monster trucks as well um if I recommend <laughs> oh, it, that would probably be honorable mention so well like what what did i actually choose um one is is one that i, I missed when it came out i watched it maybe two months ago and it was uh, I, I missed it for a number of reasons number one my lifestyle with my family and work uh, i don't actually get a chance to see a lot of movies and it was so visually unappealing in its previews um like seeing the trailers uh, and the movie is Mad Max Fury Road. Seeing like Immortan Joe with his like teeth and all this like it, it just looked like a very shallow film with based on just like fast speeds and and special effects. Um, but actually watching the movie, it's an amazing movie that it is. I don't even know what a script would have looked like for that movie um, because so much of the moving the plot forward is done visually and. Um, the practical effects are amazing. It is is just an amazing and phenomenal movie. It's well acted, well directed, and Mad Max Fury Road. If if there were someone who didn't watch many movies, I would say like you should watch this movie. It is different and interesting. It is directed by George Miller, right? George yeah, Miller. Yeah, I did yes. the original Mad Max. Yeah, and Babe. And Babe, <laughs> really? I think so. That'll do, pig. <laughs> uh, how how far did uh, Furry Road make it in the bracket? <laughs> that's a great question. I don't think it made it that far. It didn't make it that far. I, it, I think I want to say Jason's I want to say rankings put it against something really good. Yeah. Early on. And my, so my second one um, is going to be a very unpopular pick. And honestly, I've only seen it once, and it was years ago. But it it had enough kind of staying power with me uh that I actually read the book that it's based on uh and i'm actually a big uh i'm a big george clooney fan um not his politics but i actually like him as an actor i like um is it the american uh i just thought it was a very interesting film but uh, the, the movie that that i would recommend is the descendants uh alexander payne uh directed film kind of about the conflict of of what you've inherited as far as like literally what he inherited, but uh, the burden of that and what that 
what that means. I loved it. Uh, Chris, can I step in for a second here? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the American. I I really like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I George, like that too. Yeah, um, George Clooney as a, a spy. That was a that was a really interesting, fascinating movie. It, it really it gets into like a lot of tradecraft stuff of an assassin or a spy, and I, I like that kind of stuff. And he was, yeah, like he goes to a shop and picks up some washers and just yeah. like a handful of metal and takes it back and mills it into like a silencer and and different things for his. Uh, for this complex plan, yeah. Yeah, it was a slow but really interesting and good movie. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say slow as much as um, deliberate. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, with the shots. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not like the sense. I think your opinion on that is garbage, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that movie's pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's not a. Yeah, I think his movie Nebraska is really movie. bleak. I did not like Nebraska at all. <laughs> Steven, what are your two picks? Uh, okay. So my two picks, I just pulled the Blu-rays out from my shelf. I went with underrated movies, uh, because if Chris gave, uh, honorable mentions, I'll throw out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the lives of others is something I saw recently and it definitely lives up to the hype. Um, oh, yeah. it's a German, definitely. German movie, of, uh, about the Stasi in East Germany in the late eighties or late or mid eighties. Uh, so it's right around the end of the cold war uh really powerful movie that's not one of my two selections though but i i just wanted to mention that so my first movie is uh from 2007 it's directed by danny boyle it's called sunshine it's honestly one of my favorite movies uh definitely favorite movie that i've seen like way after the fact that it, it came out i saw it in college it basically has the same plot points as interstellar but it's shorter and it has to do with I don't have it. Has anybody seen Sunshine? Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. saw it just yep. a couple of years ago. I, I really like it too. I thought it was yeah. great. Uh, yeah, good movie. Now there's a complaint that because the ending gets it goes from like a really hard sci-fi to kind of a slasher film. <laughs> I don't. I <laughs> yeah, don't mind. Does. I don't mind the genre change. I actually kind of like it. I know that's a big complaint against the movie, but. I just think everything works so well. I think the cast is great. The music is incredible. The visuals are stunning. Um, just very briefly, the sun is dying and a ship is sent out. Uh, it's actually the second ship. The first one went to go reignite the sun by dropping a nuclear bomb in the sun. But it, I guess NASA lost track of it. So they sent out a second ship and things go wrong. And I just love the movie a lot. It sounds nothing like Interstellar. It, it follows. <laughs> just want to throw it, that out there. The, it actually, the, 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 main, it, uh, the plot. I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Sending out a different. ship after another. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like the second ship goes after the first, and then you, they kind of reconnect with the second ship, and it it follows the same beats. Not it's not the same plot points, but the same beats. I took screenplay in college, so it it <laughs> like <laughs> it's so bad. It is only yeah. shut up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's um, what's your second pick? So my second movie is, like, I'm really dragging the bottom of the barrel here. It's from 2016. This is my Chav Arthur. It's called Gods of Egypt, starring oh. Nikolai Coster-Waldo, <laughs> Gerard Butler, and Jeffrey Rush. It's so bad that it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lannister and Leonidas are brothers, I want to say, and Jeff, uh, Jeffrey... Um, no, Gerard Butler 
basically usurps the throne in Egypt, and they're all gods, and they're like 12 feet tall, and they're slaves like or humans. Yeah. <laughs> and I can relate to this movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I think he steals Jamie Lannister's eye. Jamie Lannister plays Horace, and he basically, like, he loses his powers, and the whole movie, it's he he teams up with a, a human who's half his size and he has to go on a quest to find his other eye and whatever and win back the throne. And Jeffrey Rush plays Ra and he's basically in a pirate <laughs> ship in the sky and he looks like Gandalf, but he's made out of light. This Wait, sounds it's, really absurd. It's old. Is this Egypt? Old. <laughs> yeah, basically. The movie Pirates is, of the Caribbean in the sky. The, the movie is absurd, but, and I'm watching it and like, it's, it's bad. But it's also great. <laughs> I, I would recommend it because I'm sure everybody will hate it, but it's a lot of fun. I want to be sure that I heard you right. Did you say a pirate ship in the sky? <laughs> yes. So we're seeing a common theme on your <laughs> movies that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Like all, like all it takes to please you is like you're like, yeah, I, I just, so you know, I'm a film major, but. Like if you put a pirate ship, I in want to be a pirate. Yeah. There are three masks, <laughs> and I am. I'm but I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more question for Stephen. Stephen, are you a yes. fan of perhaps film Stardust? Stardust. Oh, that's a. Is that with Robert De Niro? Yep. Robert yeah. Robert De Niro's you know, the pirate in the sky. I've yeah. I've only isn't he like cross dressing? I've seen yeah, yeah that scene, but I've never seen the rest of the movie. I guess if it's a pirate ship in the sky, I should. Yeah, I searched out that scene. It is based on the Neil Gaiman book, uh, Stardust. Yeah. Right. It's actually right. quite, quite good. I actually met him Neil Diamond a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was only about killing streetwalkers. Rick, what movies do you have for us? All right, I, I have a couple. I, I want to preface this with saying that I hadn't really paid attention to the instructions, and so I had to get them quite quickly. And so I looked up the 50 best movies of 2018, and that was horrible, because the first one is Avatar. <laughs> or not 2018, but 2000, 21st century. Uh, first one is Avatar, which... Did you look up the best, the highest grossing? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> okay. um, but I just want you all to know that Avatar... Made two point seven eight billion dollars. <laughs> wow, that's that's insane money, guys. That's I so I bad. own that I own that movie. Why? I've, I've Why? never. It came with my Blu-ray player. I, it's still oh. in its shrink wrap. I don't. Understand I've never seen this. it. I don't. It, I just don't understand. But going into my actual picks, I'm sorry. I just I couldn't fathom the almost three billion dollars of Avatar. Jeez. One of the worst movies ever seen in my life. But it has unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> Which had to have been a placeholder in the script, right? Yeah. They're like, well, we'll come up with something better in the future. So, no, so does, no, he does, started <laughs> the script with unobtainium. Does unobtainium... Uh, it's hard to get, guys. <laughs> is unobtainium better than vibranium? Can unobtainium... Uh, well, my understanding is that is more easily accessible. <laughs> than un unobtainium, you have to understand, is it's hard to get. Unobtainable. But, but is oh. it magic? It's hard to attain. <laughs> I have no idea. What it? What is it? Is it? Is it like the good it's, stuff? Like like? No, it's literally gasoline. chalk. It's actually chalk. It's chalk. chalk. <laughs> what does the chalk do? Does it fuel vehicles? How they paint themselves in Avatar. 
<laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have believed you. <laughs> Rick, so what are your actual picks? All right, before I go into that, because we've had this, this segues into others, uh, I would say my honorable mentions would be Master and Commander, which is, Stephen, it's not a pirate movie, but it's close. <laughs> I, I, I do really <laughs> like Master and Commander. <laughs> but it's a fantastic sea movie I with guess Russell Crowe. watch that again. Everybody do you want that raggedy-ass so Napoleon to be your king? <laughs> yeah, it's... it's Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany acting their asses off on a ship. It's great. Um, the other is The Judge, which is Robert Duvall and uh, Robert Downey Jr. as father-son who kind of hate each other in a small town out somewhere in the Midwest. Well, it's, a, it's a really good family drama and just a, a good sort of a good courtroom drama, mostly good family drama, which I appreciate quite a bit. But uh, for my actual ones... The first is Dread, which is one of the most exciting and fun movies that has come out in the last 20 years and no one has seen. And it's just Carl Urban in this Judge Dread role, which is a stupid comic, movie, comic book movie role where he gets locked into a giant futuristic uh, super tower and has to essentially kill every gang member for a hundred floors. <laughs> <laughs> And it is just him being a badass, and it's awesome. I have a question uh, for you guys. Is it possible that Carl Urban is one of the more underrated actors of our time? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. He, he's actually so. good in everything he's in, but he's in so many shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's possibly the best part of the Star Trek movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the Vin Diesel, um, the whole... Chronicles of Riddick shit? Mm, no. no. There is a bad sci-fi series which Vin Diesel stars in where Carl Urban has a significant role and he's the best part by far in it. I didn't know he was in those movies. Yeah, after the first one. He's in the second two. Oh. And yeah, so uh, the second one is one that I actually don't think you have all heard about. It's called Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, yes, Taika Waititi. Uh, yeah, Taika Waititi yeah. has... It was his movie before he did uh, Thor Ragnarok. It is 120 minutes of Sam Neill being an angry old bush yes. guy. <laughs> and it is fantastic. I love that movie. It's so good. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And it is perfectly paced. And it's just yeah. a wonderful little comedic but fun and sweet and endearing movie that everyone should see. Uh, I, I endorse that one, definitely. Do you also have your own picks, Ryan? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one more. Oh. Uh, this this is in honor of Steven. You... Okay. okay. Uh, it's, not, it's not one movie that I find to be particularly fascinating, but it's one that is, I would say, the height of the craft of a particular actor. And um, that movie is Drive Angry. And it is, <laughs> it is a full hour and a half of Nick Cage just being the full Nick Cage so much so that there there's a scene where Nick Cage is having sex with his leather jacket on and his lady friend says why don't you take off your clothes and he goes I never get undressed before gunplay and as he says that 
bad guys come through the window and the door, and he starts firing his weapons off. <laughs> this sounds brilliant, so to speak. I saw that opening night. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Okay, Ryan, do you have your picks ready? Yes. I don't like the way you're asking that. Like, you expected me not to have them. <laughs> um, my honorable mention is a film called Everybody Wants Some. Um, it's a Richard Linklater film. It's about a 1980s college baseball team. It's got a lot of uh, dazed and confused in it, but I honestly think it's better than dazed and confused. Um, it just kind of follows the, the team around as they they're popular because they play baseball and they get into hijinks. And then also the the actual baseball in this film is the best on-film baseball that I've seen probably in any movie. The two movies I picked are uh, Whiplash, which a lot of people have seen that one. Um, so that's not really uh, an underrated film, but it's one that I really liked, and mine are both connected. The other one I picked was Steve Jobs, which I'm going to get a lot of flack for, Um, but I just, I'm really drawn to movies that have, uh, it's kind of a recurring theme, that's the, the theme of the singular focus, and just the guys who are just, like, dedicated to greatness. Um, and, and that is in Whiplash, where he possibly has a healthy relationship with a girl, but throws it away because he just completely focuses on being a, a drummer. Um, and then in Steve Jobs, uh, the thing about Aaron Sorkin films or written films is that uh, a lot of the times they you're just like nobody talks like this in real life but when he's on his game you say nobody talks like this in real life but they should and that's what i think about in steve jobs is that uh just as quick as everybody is and um the way everybody responds to each other nobody is that quick and nobody's that clever all the time but if they were it would be a lot more fun So uh, that's uh, the reason I like both of those movies is just I'm just drawn to movies where um, people have that singular focus of being great at one thing, even though it almost always destroys their relationships. And so I'm often wondering, is it worth it to be great at one thing when you almost can't have a relationship outside of? that one thing that you want to be great at. I mean, that's something that's commonly said about Ashton Kutcher. Portrayed <laughs> Steve Jobs in... Yep, um, that's the one I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but did, did anyone read that article written by his daughter? No. Ashton Kutcher's say, daughter? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Steve Jobs' daughter. Um, it was, I want to say it was written in the it last was in nine crayon. <laughs> no, it was, it was it was this really sad story about how like he didn't he didn't really acknowledge her, but he kind of did, and it was pretty sad. We'll have to link to that in show notes. Honestly, I was amazed at how um, that one guy played both Winklevoss twins. <laughs> Wait, Army Hammer, I think it was the Army Hammer twins. Uh, yeah. Played the that Winklevoss guy. Wait, are we? 
you guys the really love Kobe by your name that much? <laughs> <laughs> so we are we are getting derailed. So I have I have two picks. Uh, the if first foreign films. I I'm you are not invited to Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> the first is the Hundred Foot Journey from 2014. Uh, Do you count to that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is directed by Lasse Halmström, a Swedish director of uh, Cider House Rules fame. And the 100 Foot Journey is a story about this family that ends up in France and starts a restaurant. Uh, it stars uh, Helen Mirren as the biggest name of the movie. I, I find it to be a, a wonderful little film that everyone should watch. The second movie, Chris... Wait, Thomas, before... You continue. I, I have a funny story about that movie. I've never seen it, but I met the producer of it. It was right after I graduated from college. I It was through my dad's work. I met one of his clients knew, because he, he worked with people from Wall Street, and one of his clients worked or knew the producer of that movie, and I met with her at a cafe in New York. And I wore a suit because I figured I should look nice. She laughed at me saying, nobody in the film business dresses nice for anything. And I was really embarrassed. <laughs> and that's the end of my story. <laughs> she, she had to have known you just graduated college and she's like making fun of you. Like, she gets her one criticism. I mean, I guess she, dressed you nicely. She, she, she meant it, I guess, as constructive criticism, but I took it to heart. Guys. <laughs> I mean, at that size, suits are very <laughs> Where did you find that much material? <laughs> he scrimped and saved for years. <laughs> she criticized him. My second choice is, Chris, is um, a Swedish movie uh, from 2017. Oh, uh, it is... The <laughs> the square is a satirical drama by Ruben Östlund. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. And it, it is a story about a curator at the museum who struggles with some personal, personal issues. His mobile phone oh, gets stolen. Oh, yeah, I wanted to see this. Uh, it, is, it is actually a terrific movie. I'm not surprised that it was nominated for an Academy Award, but uh, a lot of people haven't heard about it. I is the main character's name Bang? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Just want to be clear. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's, um, it, it's a terrific movie, and I, I recommend it to anyone. Well, we know it's a good movie because it made $8.6 million in the box office. That's about 500 Swedish donors. <laughs> and it still means that it turned a profit. All right. They used the mineral wealth of northern Sweden to fund it. <laughs> okay. Any last things before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. That is all for this episode of the Substandard Expanded Universe podcast. We'll see you again when we see you. Don't forget to check out the Megathread on Twitter and to listen to the Substandard released every Thursday. Hi, this is Neil A. Armstrong. I honestly don't even know if my middle name starts with an A. But I'm reading the credits here for this uh, weekly substandard Expanded Universe podcast. And this is the stuff they gave me. Uh, opening theme music by David Schwartz. Uh, is that the guy from Rest Development? Anyway, uh, 
opening voiceover by Tim Lewis. Coverer design by Nick Chu at the Nick A Chu on Twitter. I don't know what the hell Twitter is. We listen to the weekly substandard. Wait a second. I thought this was for the weekly substandard. What the hell? The weekly substandard. Is this a podcast about a podcast? You sons of bitches.